0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: Before we get into the show, a fun fact. This podcast was actually born out of a newsletter that we started way back in 2012. Yes, that is before Substack was even born. People really seem to like it, and we think you will too, especially if you like this podcast. It is a quick hit list of 10 things we've discovered recently that we love. Everything from recipes, to beauty products, to books, to tools, to truly anything that excites us, like an Instagram post we saw and just can't stop thinking about we send it every Monday except for some holidays that we take off like saying People and it is free. Sign up at a thing or two, HQ.com. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to a thing or two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Maser. And I, I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two HQ.com and sign up for secret menu, which will get you weekly access to members only content to share your thoughts on this episode or
2: anything at all. Leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. Speaking of voicemails, are we going to play one at the end of this episode? yeah, let's, let's do it. We've been getting such good ones lately and I we're not very on top of sharing them, but they're so Except shareable. Except with each other. Except with <laughs> each other. <laughs> we do share them with each other, but in the spirit of, you know, generosity and sharing them with <laughs> other people and also community, you know, so community. that other people can hear the wonderful people, that the, their fellow audience members. Totally, totally. You know, it's the least we can do. Someone suggested that we set up like a friend matching service via the audience of this podcast, which is maybe like a, a step further than I'm willing to take at this moment. But I'll share it. with I think I'll sharing share voicemails, voicemails with is a great other. way to start. You know, <laughs> right? we'll see
1: if it snowballs. It's a baby step. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. A tiny baby step. Yeah. Um. Okay. We have a couple things we want to get into today.
2: Mm-hmm. Cereal. Yep. Cereal. And mm-hmm. periods,
1: as in uh, menstrual. Yeah. As in menstrual. Not Two punctuation. Things.
2: Yeah. It feels like... <laughs> I mean, we're going to talk about the periods of our youth and the periods of our present, but I do feel like cereal and periods together just make me think of being a t- like a preteen, a teenager and living with my Like parents. a middle schooler. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's
1: right. I think that's totally right.
2: I have been spending more and more time, like, just like, I feel like over the last year, I spent a lot of time in my parents' house because where else was I going? And yeah. they always have cereal and I can't not eat it when it's there. And then I always feel gross because it's more milk than I consume in one sitting at any other time and my body is not prepared for it. Do you always eat it with milk? No, well, okay, so we're going to get into it. <laughs>
1: let's just start. <laughs> Listen, let's just start.
2: <laughs> Crispix are my absolute kryptonite. I cannot not eat them and I will eat them with milk like that is I think a- an incredible way to consume them and it tastes yeah. wonderful, but they're also an incredible snack especially if you eat the brown side down on your tongue because the brown side they're the sweeter both brown, side. but the darker brown. The darker brown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess I actually don't know which side. I- I'm guessing it's the rice side. One side it's corn on one side, rice on the other. That's the motto of crispex.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's right. Crispix was my favorite food like cereal growing up, mm-hmm. but my preference was to eat it incredibly soggy. Like it does oh. they'd have the whole thing of like saying it doesn't go soggy, but I actually liked to wait till it did. That, I don't know why.
2: Well, so very interesting part of the reason that I consume so much Crispix in one sitting besides the fact that it is so delicious is that I want it to stay crispy. So when I get towards the bottom and it's starting to get soggy, I add more so that the ratio of like crisp to soggy is more wow. balanced. So it's really like a bottomless bowl of cereal at that point. I eat so many bowls and I, I have no stopping point with crispex. I can't like, I could never possibly buy them in my house because it would be out of control.
1: Well, guys, I think part of the reason why cereal is not as popular as it once was is that like it doesn't fill you up. Um, And we now prefer (laughs) like breakfast products Mm -hmm. that have fiber or protein or like healthy fats or like whatever. And this has none of those things. Mm -hmm. And thus we're like, oh, you eat seven bowls and you're like, "Mm, I could still have a snack. Yeah. 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 Totally. What cereals were you allowed to have in your house growing up? There were like three that I would say were the Holy Trinity that
2: are still always at my house when I go there. Crispix, Rice Krispies, and Cheerios. They feel like the fifth, sixth, and seventh member of my family, honestly. Like they were oh, just God. always around, always in the kitchen. Always at the table. Always, <laughs> always at the, at the table. table. Yes. <laughs> and I would mix them kind of a lot too. Um, because we weren't allowed any junky cereals, the closest I could get to excitement was to be like, I'm gonna have Rice Krispies and Cheerios in the same bowl. And then we were also occasionally allowed Corn Flakes, Raisin Bran. I feel like Honey Nut Cheerios and Multigrain Cheerios would make an appearance every yeah. once yeah, in a while. Yeah, 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 That was kind of the extent of it. And then on weekends, we would very often go to my grandparents' house and they would have the mini box variety
1: packs of all the junky ones. Oh, like Apple Jacks. I like Apple Jacks. Exactly. Oh my God. Okay. So we were only allowed... We have like very similar overlap, I think. Mm-hmm. We were allowed Crispix. We were allowed Honey Nut Cheerios and Kicks. Um, Mm, Kicks Kicks I We were not allowed to have But I don't know why why? Because I don't know This is also the philosophy (laughs) On all of this I'm very interested in Like the mindset Of like what was allowed And what wasn't allowed We Mm -hmm. were allowed Frosted Flakes Which has Frosted in the name Just Mm -hmm. to be like 100% clear We were allowed Pops
2: the, the whole framing... Pops of, was in the junky variety pack that my grandparents let me have. And it was always one of the first ones that I went to. I really liked Pops. Same. Loved Pops. Yeah. Loved Pops. Texturally. Texturally mm, so satisfying. So good. So sweet. I can conjure the taste right now, even though I definitely haven't had them in like 20 years.
1: No, 100%. But it's like the whole, like the whole what we were and what we weren't allowed to have. Mm-hmm. I feel like this came down hardest in cereal. Like yeah. of any... And, like, I was a house that had, like, the Sam's Club boxes of fruit roll-ups and, like, gushers and, like, so much nonsense. Like, flats of Gatorade. Like, there was, like, plenty of sugar in and out of that pantry. But like, for whatever reason, we weren't allowed Lucky Charms. Like, this is just like...
2: I would 100% listen to a podcast series that was just interviewing parents of the 90s about how they made these decisions. Because Erica, same. Like, we had Gushers. We had Fruit Roll-Ups. We had Kudos bars, which are basically just Snickers bars. bars.
1: Yeah, candy bars. But
2: we weren't allowed like Oreos. We weren't allowed like any, like so much candy and stuff. But that was all candy. And I see here in your notes... Pop-tarts, another thing we were allowed to have. But could never have had a
1: toaster strudel. Oh, we had toaster strudels (laughs) in my house. We had toaster strudels in my house. Um, God, my brothers ate so many toaster strudels. So... Here's something I learned from my aunt at some point, because I was like always so confused why we were allowed to have strawberry and brown sugar Pop-Tarts at my house. Because mm-hmm. again, brown sugar, sugar mm-hmm. is in the mm-hmm. name. It is the flavor. The flavor yeah. is sugar. Like, what are you thinking? Why mm-hmm. is this preferable? And we were not allowed to have s'mores, which was the holy grail, most coveted flavor. like It's still obviously. so good. When I was
2: pregnant, I bought it. I recall. <laughs> I, recall- I was like, this
1: is what I want. <laughs> uh- <laughs> And my aunt told me that the strawberry and the brown sugar existed when my parents were children and thus it had this like cloak of like goodness and wholesomeness that that the new flavors didn't have. That
2: makes a lot of sense. I mean, these all come down to like branding. Issue, like issues of branding, I think. And I think the good news for us is I'm not going to have to wait for somebody to produce a podcast about this. My mom will write us both a lengthy
1: email once she listens to this episode and explaining And I can't her wait. Philosophy. Hit send. <laughs> Let's go. I want to hear it. I really want to hear it. Okay. The mixing thing I really didn't do in my house, and I don't know why, but like I've been very interested in the mixing thing that has come out in the culture. I,
2: I didn't I know that it had come out in the culture.
1: Well, I feel like all these like cereal shops and whatever. Oh, totally. Remember when we were in college, that Mm -hmm. place Cereality opened. Mm -hmm. um, And I think that was the first time I encountered just the Lucky Charm charms, just the marshmallows in the wild. Like you could just like add those to like Rice Krispies if you wanted or whatever.
2: We did go to college during the dawn of the like kitschy concept restaurant. And cereal was a big one that emerged across the US. And that seems to have... All but disappeared, with the exception of Kith. Exception of
1: Kith Kith treats, which is like Claire appears to be booming. I (laughs) like I so Kith treats is basically a cereal mixing bar but you put it in with ice cream right it's like a blizzard but with yeah so it's like you can get a cone dipped you can get a shake or like a blizzard shake I don't know Mm -hmm. you know it's probably generous to call it a blizzard or you can get like what they call a commuter bowl which I don't know what that (laughs) means like it's a terrible deeply uncool name now that we're discussing it I am recalling that this is yet
2: another thing I did when I was pregnant I made Chris take me to the kith to get
1: uh, How was your experience?
2: I Unremarkable. I remember being like, it's like a little too much and it's like lacking depth and
1: it just like, well, you know. Also, it's like there's an Action Bronson one or like whatever. They're right. all, it's like a lot. There's so much happening. There's so there's much. There's like nine yeah. brands involved in every product. Yeah. Um,
2: no, I mean, I think the answer to all of this is that it's like, Stoner behavior. I don't have an explanation yes. for why my brother and I were doing it, except that like the restrictions that were placed on our our like household products encouraged like that sort of innovation. Because what it's else the same were we reason do? you and
1: your brother were hauling the TV out of the attic. When That's your right. Were home. We were like, resourceful, just like watch it for like ninety minutes and then take it back up to the attic. Like you know, eventually we got hip to extension behavior. cords and we just watched
2: <laughs> it in the attic.
1: <laughs> Which then geniuses. Somebody geniuses.
2: told. So at some point we had to get something fixed in our house and like there were construction people there and they told on us to my parents afterwards. What? Well, cause they didn't realize they were, they didn't realize it was they a secret. They were just like, funny how your kids like run an extension cord up <laughs> to the attic to watch TV after school. <laughs> and yeah, we were busted. And my mom still tells this story to like anybody who will listen, I guess is proof that she had gifted to, children.
1: <laughs> what a remarkable thing to be busted for. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yep. Um, um Did you ever have Chex at your house? No,
2: but I would have loved to. Again, I think a branding issue. It's like truly no different than Crispix. It was just that I liked Chex and I liked the... the, the, There were a million different flavors because like cinnamon Chex was a big thing, right? Oh yeah, they did come in flavors. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, so I we never had Chex at my house either, and I kind of think that you're either like a Crispix household or a Chex household. Interesting. Um, okay. You know, I feel like they were like the Coke and Pepsi of cereals. Um, thousand
2: percent. Yep. No, we definitely did not have Chex. We were absolutely a Crispix house. We continue to be a Crispix house to this day. Did and you
1: make Chex mix with Crispix?
2: <sighs> I never made Crispix mix. Again, I'm telling myself I like wasn't allowed. Though I don't know like where that would have come from. But again, to this day, it sounds incredible to me. My mouth is watering thinking about it because I know that Worcestershire sauce is a major factor. Is a major you've ingredient. Never had, you've
1: never had? A I think I have. Chex that mix? other people have
2: made, but I've okay, make it. Okay. But I, oh, no. Well, I've had. Okay. So che- Chex Mix is my is one of my like go to airport snacks.
1: Yeah. But, like but I feel like Crispix the homemade snake is one. better.
2: No. The, well, I'm sure I've had. I puppy chow. Well, that's different. That's like the sweet... Okay, that's different. But that's using so Chex,
1: right? Yeah. So, Puppy Chow, you're taking peanut butter and mm-hmm. chocolate and melting them down mm-hmm. and then dumping the checks in them and mm-hmm. then dumping all of that into powdered sugar so that they separate. Yeah. But okay. you don't want them to separate yeah. too much because you also want those clumps of so like six yes. checks glued together by, you know...
2: But Crispix also had a version of this. They had all... They have three... Oh, well,
1: because oh. it's the same... Same clear. thing. It's like the same product, yeah. but like a
2: different... And the same recipes have been on the box since I was a kid. Because remember when you were a kid, you would spend so much time reading the back of cereal boxes? Of
1: course what I What else do. would you do? I mailed away for like all of the various things you could yeah. mail away for on those boxes. My parents um, still have the
2: yellow Cheerio bowls you could mail away for. Remember oh those? Oh my
1: God. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I think we need to do some homemade Crispix or chuck's Mix in our future because I think that it holds up. Thank you so much to BetterHelp for
2: sponsoring today's episode. There's rightly been so much more conversation lately about access to healthcare in this country, which is, you know, truly abysmal. And one of the things that I've been heartened to see is that mental health has started to become a bigger part of this conversation. And there's just been this acknowledgement that it is just as important for people to have access to mental healthcare as it is physical healthcare. They're all related. And it's just a huge piece of the puzzle. And we are so grateful to BetterHelp for having a solution that is not the solution, you know, obviously bigger structural change needs to happen, but they have created a a service and a platform that just makes healthcare more accessible for so many more people, making it available over video and text, pricing it in a way that, you know, relative to traditional therapy is more accessible is a really exciting and an important thing. And we're really proud to be partnering with them because of that.
1: Yeah, I mean it's been such a it's such been such a promising evolution, really. Yes, talking to licensed therapists can help you feel better. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self help. It is a professional counseling service that is done securely online, so you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. They have three thousand U.S. licensed therapists across all fifty states and four modes of communication: so text, chat, phone, and video. You can start communicating with a counselor in under 24 hours and schedule weekly secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Anything you share is confidential. And if for any reason you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a different one. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors as needed. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash a thing or two. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, dot com slash a thing or two. Thank you so much for supporting the sponsors who make it possible for us to bring you this show every week. Thank you so much to How to Do the Pot for sponsoring today's episode. So, you know, we're so interested in like understanding more about where our food comes from and understanding about like all of the different wine movements. And if you've heard mm-hmm. us talk about like natural wine and orange wine and pet nat and blah, 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 and like wanting to like get into all of these, like, you know, what makes a champagne different than a this and a that and a whatever.
2: What are the different types of grapes and how do they like make this thing? How taste? do the
1: varietals, like yeah. f- whatever, all of this. I feel like I have absolutely zero knowledge of how these factors and the terroir and like all of it comes into play with cannabis, which is Mm -hmm. obviously like so similar on so many levels. Yes, totally. And I just feel so in the dark about the sort of like underpinnings and uh, background of cannabis in general, but should...
2: Well, it just makes these things more fun to consume the more you know about them. And when you feel like you're like educated and you're like, okay, this is this. And so now I know how this makes me feel. You'd like, and also it makes it easier to shop for these
1: things. Like same as like going into a wine shop, knowing what you're looking for, going into a dispensary, knowing what you're looking for makes the experience very different. Totally, it's like looking at a wine list and being like, "Ah, yes, a Vermentino. I can like get mm-hmm. into that." And like, same as if you're buying cannabis, which is just like what is so wonderful about how to do the pot podcast. It is the thing we didn't even really realize we needed, and it has answers to all of the things about cannabis that we want to know. Three
2: out of four women in the U.S. have access to legal weed, but so many women still have so many questions. And How to Do the Pot podcast is demystifying cannabis for women. Every week, they release short, fun episodes that answer all the questions we, women secretly Google about cannabis. How to Do the Pot shares women's personal stories and advice from experts to help with solutions around stress, sleep, sex, and chronic pain, with the goal of helping women feel more confident in their choices about cannabis. If you're ready for practical advice about weed by women for women, listen to How to Do the Pot wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Will Cole. As a leading functional medicine practitioner, I have had the unique position to see so many alchemize their pain and health problems to their purpose. Now I want the same for you. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers, where there is a fresh infusion of grace and lightness into wellness. This is the art of being well. Join me every Thursday for a new episode.
2: I know that cereal, that there was like a whole thing of like millennials don't eat cereal and the cereal industry is suffering. But then now there's like the DTC cereals and it feels like millennials are re-embracing cereal. And I wouldn't be surprised after the last year of everybody just returning to all their creature comforts if cereal saw a real uptick. Correct. 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 Have you, you've tried Magic Spoon, right? I have. And it's really sweet. Mm, okay, and I
1: say this as a person who enjoys things that are really sweet, but yeah. like I can envision it as a snack, but it's like hard to envision it as a meal. Okay, uh, for that me, sense. like
2: I also, I think I, I also it. like the conceit of cereal as a meal. Period, which we just yeah. debunked like five <laughs> yeah. minutes ago, well, but, but it's also really funny. In it. To frame it. Like
1: that's no, kind of like, right. It's keto, it's right? It's it's yeah, grain free. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, There's
2: also one called Off Limits, which I'm not quite sure what the like I'm not I don't know enough about it except that it got a lot of attention because it was the first serial to have a female mascot, which is really depressing. <laughs> we're Are no female me? characters. I mean, think about it. Count Chocula, Tony the Tiger, Cap'n Crunch. Um, How is this a threshold we're still crossing? <laughs> like anywhere in the culture? <laughs> I can't I mean, I can't think of a female serial. No, no, no. I mean, I'm you know? sure this is correct. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm not questioning your research yeah. or your knowledge. I know, think you know all the captains involved. <laughs> in <this laughs> Were you universe. allowed to have and Crunch? No, but in in college, that was like the thing I went really hard at. Um, and peanut butter Cap'n Crunch, Oh, that one I, in particular. Yeah.
2: So I went. It was Lucky Charms for me. Like devouring Lucky Charms in college. Like was amazed by the perfect consistency of a milk coated like freeze dried marshmallow. It was just so perfect to me.
1: So I had a real breakthrough, maybe when I was like a freshman in, in high school. I feel like I've told this before. And I really wanted Lucky Charms. Like Lucky Charms were just like absolutely the, the, the thing, the desire. And at the grocery store, I was like having this argument with my mom that was about like, why like why am I allowed this, but not that? You know, this, like being 15 and being like, why pops, why Frosted Flakes, but not this? Mm-hmm. And her cereal of the moment was cranberry almond crunch. Do you recall there was like these, more, there were cranberry morning breakfast or like- there was So it's like, different than like honey bunches of oats. Yeah, but it's like definitely a friend of. Okay. And there's like, they at basically started adding dried fruit to those things yeah. in the mm-hmm. late 90s to like okay. tell people that they were like truly wholesome. Mm-hmm. So then I compared being like an expert, like cereal box reader, I comp- compared <laughs> the nutrition facts of yep. these two products. Mm-hmm. Guess which had more sugar? The cranberry almond crunch did. That's wow. right, ma'am. That's right, ma'am. And that was, that is really surprising. An epic victory. I was like, and we are taking the Lucky Charms home with us. And, then and I got to have Lucky Charms. Wow. Good
2: for you. And did your mom keep eating the cranberry almond crunch?
1: Yeah. But
2: definitely like less
1: love in her heart for them. I understand. You know? Yeah. It was, I mean, listen, because it was just a sugar cereal like everything else. There was like nothing that wasn't grape nuts that wasn't a sugar cereal in the 90s.
2: God, grape nuts were actually kind of good. Or they were that thing where like every once in a while you'd have them and they'd be weirdly satisfying. Satisfying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do know that we've been talking about cereal for probably too long, but I don't want to close the segment without talking about cereals that are just a tiny version of of something like cinnamon Please. toast crunch and cookie crisp <laughs> which are both like truly psychotic <laughs> who came up with this <laughs> like what <laughs> i just we'll just make these things tiny and, and, and dump them, them in a bowl yeah and to be honest i like cinnamon toast crunch is my mouth is watering it's so good I think it's so delicious. I just
1: don't love cinnamon. And I mm-hmm. also don't, okay. I think I don't like either of the, the original things that these, that these products are making tiny. So they're not for me.
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I get cinnamon toast. I do love. And you don't like chocolate. Yeah, fine. Okay. I mean, cookie I like crisp I sort of is whatever. Yeah.
1: It is. They're just like little dry nuggets with little like, chocolate <laughs> in them. No. And like not actually good chocolate. It's really no. just like brown dye. Yeah. <laughs> not actually good chocolate.
2: <laughs> It's not Ghirardelli chocolate <laughs> chips. A shocker of all
1: shockers. <laughs> the cookie crisp chocolate's no good.
2: <laughs> did you ever have a school assignment where you had to invent a cereal? Mm.
1: You know, it like sounds conceptually sounds familiar. familiar, but I couldn't tell you. <laughs>
2: I did. And I like remember it being one of those projects that my dad and I worked on really hard together. I remember using kicks and like turning them into basketballs or something. Like I think we dyed them orange somehow. And... My dad has no memory of it. And I'm like, wow, like way to erase my childhood. This was so <laughs> meaningful to me. You had to design the box and everything. I also like
1: that it was basketball themed. Was that your dad's influence? Uh,
2: probably. Who knows? I certainly had no business <laughs> pretending to have any expertise in the Area whatsoever. I love um, it.
1: Yeah. I love it. Should we move on to periods? I suppose. I mean, we um, don't have to. listen. No, we can I stay in this, I think swim in this bowl for a while, you know? <laughs>
2: Yeah. No, I think it would just return to a lot of me being like, God, it's so good. And
1: then I feel so (laughs) terrible from drinking that much milk. Okay. Periods. Mm -hmm. When did you get your first period?
2: In sixth grade. I was 11 years old, which was sooner than anybody expected it. Um, That's and when young. I, it's really young. Um, cause I think you're 11. I didn't know
1: you were so mature.
2: I didn't know either. When <laughs> I look back, I should have known because in fifth grade, my hair all of a sudden got really curly. So it was like something was happening. The hormones were flowing. Mm. And then 11 years old in sixth grade, I got home after school and saw the blood of my underwear. And of course you're like not immediately sure it's blood when it's your first time. Cause you're like, well, mm. it's like sort of brown and like, What's well, cause going-? it
1: also like, doesn't look like you pricked your finger. Exactly.
2: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then I was like, okay, I think that's what this is. So then I called my mom at work, and her initial reaction was to just be like, "No, it's not your period. Like, you didn't get your period." Because she was just like, thought I was too young. So, and then I was like, "No, like it is." And then so when I convinced her, she was like, "All right, go into my bathroom, get a tampon, and like put it in." And I was like, "Put it in where?" I just didn't. I <laughs> didn't. Like, what? <laughs> what are you talking? About? She was just like, "Put it in your vagina," and I'm like sitting there on the phone with her trying to put it in. Obviously, like, it's so painful because I'm just, like, shoving it every which way. have no awareness of, like, what the whole situation Um, down is down there. Obviously. Obviously. So I'm just, like, crying and upset. And I... Who knows, like, where that... How that phone call ended. But then called my best friend at the time, Courtney, who was so bossy and was like, no. At our age, you don't use a tampon. You use a pad. And, like, your mom is wrong and you need a pad. And that's like about all I remember. I don't remember how it resolved itself. All I know is also my mom used OB tampons. So it wasn't even like I had the help of an applicator to like move things along. Yeah. Yeah. I My memory of my first period is like confusion and like some amount of shame, both that my mom was giving me the wrong supplies for it as deemed by Courtney Pinkner and that I had no idea how to put a tampon in and was like I, totally... <laughs>
1: I, we brought, we like talked about bossy friends on a recent episode. And I'm mm-hmm. glad that both of our bossy friends are going to make an appearance in this one. <laughs> like I just, I'm thrilled about it. So I alternatively got mine late. And it, I can't remember if it was seventh or eighth grade. In my mind, originally it was eighth grade, but it might also just have felt like seventh grade was so late because right. people started getting it in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And I remember when Anne got her period in fifth grade. That
2: fifth grade is so early. I only remember one person who got it in fifth grade.
1: Well, listen, we all knew that Anna got got her period and we would like follow, like, it'd be like, Anna's her period. And then it would be like a whole (laughs) thing of like four girls going to the bathroom and like waiting outside the store. Like, what were we doing? What was like the, like, and why was this something we were so excited to like, like, whatever. It's just also so funny because
2: I remember being, I think, a little embarrassed that I got it too early. Not I don't think I was that embarrassed, but it's just so funny because it's like the period, you don't want to be the first one to get it and you don't want to get the, be the last one to get it. You just want to get it right on time, or at least that's my memory of, totally. of how I felt about It's the timing. same as with
1: like a training bra. Yes. Like You yeah. want it right in the middle. Yep. <laughs> just exactly. Like a, where is the bell curve for that's this right. thing? Like, That's, <laughs> that's where, where I want to be. be. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I got my first period. It was like on a little like ski trip in Illinois with neighbors and it was like fairly unmemorable. And my mom gave me like, a, you know, one of those like eight inch thick pads, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which was like fine. Cause I'm wearing snow pants anyway. <laughs> so it's, it's like, like the kind that they give you after you have a baby where Correct. it's like truly a diaper. Correct. It's like the same one I got mm-hmm. when I like hadn't my IUD replaced. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, And there was, like, no conversation of tampons whatsoever that was just, like, completely, like, neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. Totally irrelevant to my experience as far as anybody was concerned. Until I... Was like it was that summer, and my friend Bridget's family had a house, like a house on a lake, and we were gonna go and like you know swim in the lake and go on the four wheeler and like whatever. And I had my period, and Bridget was like, "You're gonna have to just like use a tampon. You're gonna have to." And I was like, "I don't know how to do that." And she shoved me in her bathroom with like four tampons and was like, "Let's go." And did she
2: help you? No. Okay. Just, she she was like, was "You your do mom this on the phone, yeah.
1: being like." <laughs> Put it in. I don't know. Like go for it. And so and and Bridget had been using
2: tampons at that point.
1: Obviously. Okay. Yeah. Of course. Advanced, bossy, like all of these things. Okay. And it was just me sitting there with like four tampons, being like, I have no idea what like where I'm pointing this. (laughs) And like shooting it at myself as if it were like a nerf dart. Just like, and then I'd be like, Well, that's they're gone because once it's out of an applicator, (laughs) as far as I was concerned, it was like completely useless. God, I mean, at least you had the applicator. That was another
2: thing I felt shame about. I was like, of course my mom uses the crunchy granola like tampon with no applicator. Why can't my mom be cool and use one with an applicator? Which now, of course, I hate applicators, but- Of
1: course, but it's also, and like in retrospect, and like, I don't, I would have felt the same exact way that you just expressed Uh at that age. But like, it probably, like, it's like you should teach people without an applicator because then you would at least like have a little, you have a little more sense of proximity to like what you're doing. And like I don't know that whole thing at that age where it's like everybody's so embarrassed to have their period and yeah. they're like slipping a tampon up the sleeve of a yes. long sleeve shirt and it's like crinkling all the uh-huh. way to the bathroom.
2: Ob it's, gets around that completely.
1: You don't have any of that. It, it just eliminates <laughs> that entire four inch yeah. thing and the crinkly, in the paper. loudest plastic. Mm-hmm. Like yep. why
2: this whole thing? This feels tangential, but does feel related. Before we move on from both of our total lack of awareness around what our vaginas looked, felt, anything Slash like. and where they were. Yeah, where they were basically. <laughs> makes just. me think um, the company Nissa NYSSA, who makes a lot of like postpartum products and just wonderful products for women, just sent me and probably sent you too. Their, I just got it yesterday. Their vagina mirror. I don't think that's their actual product name for it, but it's a it's a mirror that's constructed <laughs> to make it... It's not Vagina Mirror it, TM, it, it, you don't know, think. But <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a mirror that's constructed to be able to look at your vagina. And I was like, this is really nice. And you know, I don't know how much I will use this. I really wish I'd had it when I was pregnant or when I had cam. I had a friend recently mentioned that she'd been offered a mirror when she gave birth. And I was like, wow, that would have been cool. Um, I couldn't see what everybody else was seeing. But now I'm like, I need to like give this to a young girl who would actually use it to see her vagina because like I've looked at my vagina. I know what it looks like. It is so sad, like sad to be like poor little Erica and Claire who had no idea what their vagina looked like when it started bleeding and they had to do something about it. And like honestly had no idea that I should. No, but I want these Nissa mirrors to be passed out in fifth, sixth grade, fourth grade, whatever. Totally.
1: Well, and the idea is that like basically it's constructed to have curved sides that you like press your thighs into to hold it together or to like hold it in place. It's fascinating. It's really smart. Innovation. I'm
2: sure I will find use for it. Plenty of times where I'm like, need to be like, what's going on down there? Exactly. (laughs) Um, But really could have used it back then.
1: Thank you so much to Nutrafol for sponsoring today's episode. If you have been listening to the show for a while, you know that Nutrafol is a long, long time partner of ours. And we are so excited and grateful to be working with them again. I was thinking as I was looking at Met Gala pictures the other day, Mm -hmm. Claire, just that like, the celebrity industrial complex has just made like the hair like even more like oh, it's appeal. so like, happening. It's so happening. It, like, and we know it's all extensions, and we know mm-hmm. it's all this and that. And like, obviously, yeah. this is not like people. It's not like this segment of the population just has hair that is four times thicker than the normal person. <laughs> but like, you look at it and you're like, I don't know. Like, maybe it is possible to have just like a ponytail that's like a three inch diameter <laughs> <laughs>
0: naturally. Whose hair were you, you know? loving?
1: I it, Claire, it was so many, I think, you know what I was looking at the other day and it, mm-hmm. this isn't even like so much of a thick hair icon, but it's like Megan Fox with those like thick bangs. Oh, totally. Thick, clearly were really like clipped good. in. Yes. But they were like clearly clipped in, right? Yes. Cause she had mm-hmm. not bangs the night before at the VMA. So it's not even like it was, I know it's not real, but I still want thicker hair, just like desperate to have thicker hair. And turns out there's like actually a healthy way to do this that isn't involving gluing things to your scalp.
2: Do you think that when Nutrifol helps me grow out all of these baby hairs, they will become a thick bang like that? Like I'll just have I a layer so. of bangs at some point. I, hope I have so. enough baby
1: hairs for it. Like all a right. Megan Fox Dita Bontese bang.
2: I, I was super into it. i I've, I've insane. <laughs> I thought it looked great. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism. It is made of natural, clinically effective, medical grade botanicals for better hair growth through whole body health, and it's physician formulated to be 100% drug-free. I take it every day or every day when I can remember, and I can attest to the fact that it works. On top of thicker, stronger hair without lasers or chemicals, these ingredients may also help you get a handle on better sleep, stress, skin, nails, and libido. When you subscribe, you'll receive monthly deliveries. so You never miss a dose. 77% of women saw improvements in just 90 days. And as I said, I am among them. And even if you aren't experiencing thinning hair, Nutrafol can help you grow thicker, stronger hair and maybe even get those Megan Fox bangs. I don't know. Who can say? You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrifol.com and using promo code or 2 for $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it is available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at neutrafall.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code a thing or two. Thank you so much to Projector for sponsoring today's episode. You all know we are so obsessed with this partner. This is the Google Drive of design, if you ask us. It just makes it so much easier to collaborate on design. It completely eliminates the need for you to stand over the shoulder of the person who actually knows how to use Photoshop on your team, literally breathe on their neck and be like, could you just scoot that thing a little bit to the left? Well, what if you try it pink or green? I don't know, maybe can you animate
1: it? Oh, or like watching how they use the tools where you're like, oh, that's how you get into that mm-hmm. thing or like whatever. Like that's what I spend time doing.
2: I mm-hmm. mean, <laughs> like, oh, that's how it's done. It's truly, you don't even have to get up out of your seat. You just can collaborate so seamlessly. I feel like it eliminates so much of the friction of working on design projects with other people. They also just recently introduced this thing called live sessions, which I am obsessed with. Basically, we design so many decks and we design all our decks and projector. And in the before times meaning before we had access to projector, we would <laughs> we would present them over Zoom screen share as one does. But I find Zoom screen share awful for myriad reasons. One, I can never ever find the button no matter how often or for how long I've been sharing my screen. And two, I just like never truly feel confident in what people can see on the screen and making sure they can't see the 700 tabs on my screen and just the one tab I want them to see. So this allows you to share a link with people They can see the thing that you are presenting. It can include voice. You can like have, you know, audio as part of the presentation. It's a truly genius feature that they introduced. We just love this thing. We love it.
1: We love it. We love it. We love it. Projector is making it easier for more people to connect with their audience through modern multimedia design. Whether you're running an Instagram account for a brand, trying to launch a creative side hustle, creating a proposal deck, or looking to spruce up your own portfolio and feed, Projector can help you turn your ideas into beautiful visual stories that stand out, even without a design background. Also, it is free. Free to sign up, free to use, free to love if you ask us, (laughs) give it a try today at projector.com slash a thing or two. That's projector.com slash a thing or two. Be sure to use our unique code so they know that we sent you. Thank you so much for supporting the brands that help make this show possible by using our unique links and codes.
2: Okay, back to tampons.
1: Back to tampons. So...
2: Well, the one thing that I want to say about tampons, and I actually just turned to Chris the other day and said, and I was like, I don't know if like men know this, but you know, no tampons work. Right. And he was like, no. And I was like, well, first of all, you do my laundry. So you do know that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because I just truly feel like it's just a crapshoot whether or not it's going to work that day and whether it's going to work fully. And it's so often, your or you're putting is, in a
1: tampon with like more absorbency to try to make it work better, but then it like does hurt to take it out, oh or like God. it's like you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, I like well, I'm sorry, I, I even like, have said it. Like it's just, uh, yeah.
2: I just think half the time I'm like, oh my tampon's leaking, I better change it, and then I take it out, and the thing has a Three dot. drops.
1: Yeah. Yep. 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 It's yep, like no, listen, listen. It's all <laughs> it's all a problem. Like if you're gonna use a tampon, we. OB, OB for sure. To me, it works better than any of the others.
2: And I think, but I do think a lot of this is just everybody's vagina
1: is shaped so differently. How of could course. a tampon work well? How could one, which is basically like a plug. I mean, what a tampon is, yes. is it's a, a cork. Um, but yeah. It's it's a cork.
2: And, and the thing you said about the end of your period, trying to put a tampon in is just so awful and trying to, it's painful. It's ridiculous. It's also at that point, you're exhausted by it. And then- So by the time the period is light, I'm just like, what are we even doing here? And I just kind of give up. And I had never even stopped to consider whether or not this was a universal experience or just my own pure laziness and disgustingness until I feel like, when was it? It was like probably fall of 2020. Z-Way had this incredible tweet. She tweeted... Americans are treating coronavirus like I treat my period. Pretending it's finished when it is. Obviously not. And I perfect felt so seen. I was like, I do this all the time. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And then, of course, have to change my pants in the middle of the day because I've made a mess.
1: I mean, I think my trick for that mostly is black underwear. Yes. With black lining. And then there's just less, you know less knowledge. At that least. is uh,
2: absolutely something I should do. And my problem in life also is that I love white pants too much and also refuse to not wear them just because I'm on my period, which, you know,
1: you're every person who ever wrote into 17 magazine with or YM with their period drama. I just never wore white pants, which is not an issue. No, if I just wore black underwear and black pants all the
2: time, my life would be a lot easier and uh, laundry would be, I'm sure, a more pleasant experience for Chris.
1: Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about Diva cups and yes. other cups? Yes. Um, so, I have no experience with either of these things yes. because I don't get my period because of my IUD, which we will get to. But yeah. you have a, a
2: So, a, a I, I have tried experience. them. And yeah. I not being an actual authority on the matter, I actually feel pretty confident saying that menstrual cups are the best solution. And not just because they're a lot more environmentally friendly which they are and also a much less expensive way of dealing with your period but they truly just make more sense they don't leak um and they're not it's they're not like gross in the same way I mean you have to interact with your blood slightly more but they just make sense they're just plastic cups that you put inside your vagina they collect the blood you pull it out you you know, dump the blood in the toilet and rinse them off. And everybody that I know who uses them regularly swears by them. Everybody I know who uses them regularly is also like, it takes a lot of practice. And
1: like, why does it take a lot of practice?
2: Because they're hard to put in. You kind of have to fold it up. Like getting placement, right? Yes, exactly. So you have to like fold it up and get it up there high enough. And the couple times I've tried, it is like good for a little bit and then it starts to get uncomfortable. And everybody Uh I've talked to is like, totally, that's what happens. You have to just keep trying. And I think in part because I've just been home all the time. I'm just like, whatever, it's fine. I'll just deal with tampons. A friend of ours who's a photographer is like, it has changed my life on set to not have to worry about changing my tampon all the time and to not be like, oh my God, it's like slipping out or whatever. And she is also one of the people who like, you really have to practice with it. But yeah, everybody who uses them swears by them. I also really love this company, Noble Cup. Um, it's part of this, not, it, or it, it basically is a nonprofit that provides these menstrual cups to women in Ethiopia who so frequently like can't work or go to school or just like do any go normal about their life lives. things. Yeah, yeah while yeah. menstruating because they don't have access to menstrual products. So there's this like, ju- they basically just like sort of drop out of normal life and like get stopped in this way because they have their periods. And obviously that's a an issue outside of just Ethiopia. It's, I mean, there's women in America it's who a don't have access to menstrual products and it's yeah. truly whole other incredibly depressing topic.
1: Yeah. Well, and like the the like magic of the menstrual cup is that like yes. it's like a one and done thing. It's like you get one and then you use it, which also makes it like a consumerist failure, right? Because <laughs> you get one and then you use and it. And then you like, use it.
2: But I did, I never thought about it in that sense until I learn about this company, Noble Cup, that it is something that sort of addresses this menstrual inequality issue in a much more sort of effective way than than tampons or pads do.
1: Yeah, totally. I have
2: gotten more into period underwear. Oh Whoa. I'll put an asterisk to that. Basically, so the first really big company that introduced the idea of period underwear to consumers was Thinks. Yep. And they also sell Speaks, S-P-E-A-X, which is for urinary incontinence. So it's like same concept, but slightly different product. So I wear those when I run because I still have this ish, this like postpartum urinary incontinence. And so I wear those when I run. So when I bought them, I was like, oh, I'll buy a couple of the period ones. It works. I just don't love sitting in my period blood. Like I just, it smells. <laughs> I just like...
1: I, I hear that review. I you hear know, that review. And it's like,
2: I get it. They're also not it's like major VPL. You know what I mean? Like you can really see it underneath your pants, your visible panty lines. Yeah. Um, so it made me for a second. I was like the brand, um, (laughs) but uh no uh uh Mm -hmm. visible panty lines. Um, that does feel like a very early aughts phrase. Um, brought it about was, by the song, and thong there was like the brand that yes. was like <laughs> that was yeah, a spin-off
1: of the <laughs> yeah. term. I mean, listen, weird. Um, weird and Carla weird.
2: Welch has has one of these now, a line of of period underwear called Period.
1: And yeah, she's I do. like a cool stylist, like Justin Bieber's mm-hmm. stylist. Yeah. And her these are the period, the ones she sells are pretty inexpensive. They're like yes. twelve bucks a pair, which yeah. is part of their sell too.
2: And yeah, it's like I like. I like that this exists for people who want that and I don't hate it. And I will occasionally, it's a very good, it's the last days of your period and you don't feel like wearing a tampon solution.
1: hundred percent. And also like it hits, it like checks that sustainability box. Like you wash these things Mm -hmm. and you wear them again. Um, So I mentioned that I don't get my period because of my IUD. Um, Which
2: I get so annoyed or like frustrated Jealous. I'm like resentful, jealous, agreeing with envy about it. Like
1: what? It's like the opposite of being in me. I would have been really jealous of you in sixth grade when you had your period. (laughs) And now here we are. I don't have mine and you want to be me. (laughs) I love that. I just said, I'm so happy that
2: everybody who wants period underwear can have them, but you not having your period. I'm like, absolutely
1: not. (laughs) Rude. Rude. The issue is that only some people experience what mm-hmm. I deem to be a glorious side effect yes. of certain hormonal IUDs. I have Marina, and I just think that it is so great because I don't get my period. I get like a little spotting every yeah. once in a while toward the end of my like IUD run of five or six years or whatever it is. This made me think about the idea of period elimination in general mm-hmm. and to dig up this article that I read earlier this year, although it really felt like a lot longer time ago an L titled, Do You Really Need Your Period? by this woman, Lauren San Pedro. And the basic premise is, for decades, women have had the ability to safely stop their periods without sacrificing their health or fertility. So why are we still bleeding? And there are some just like, Claire, just like stuff in here that I was like, wow, like had no idea. Like this is fascinating. So I'm going to read you a couple little bits of this. I'm ready. Avoiding the hormonal dip by taking continuous birth control is the key to turning off your period and could provide a significant degree of relief for women suffering from conditions as wide-ranging as asthma, rheumatoid arthritis, endometriosis, diabetes. It goes on and on and on. Mental health issues. Women with physical and developmental disabilities who have difficulty coping with the hygienic requirements of a period or who may be dependent on others for care, have had the option of suppressing their periods for decades with no records of sustained physical side effects. So why is it not more common for women dealing with other physical and mental hardships or those of us who simply can't take it anymore? And this bit was just like jaw-dropping for me. It is indeed only in the last 100 years and ironically with the advent of birth control that women have come to experience an estimated 350 to 400 periods in their lifetime. Prior to the Industrial Revolution, a woman may have only experienced perhaps 100 periods because she was typically either pregnant or breastfeeding for the majority of her fertile years. So I have to say, I didn't get my
2: period for almost two years between being pregnant and breastfeeding. And it made me realize how awful periods are. When you have that from when you're 11 to 35 or whatever, you're just like, this is just life. I it's just have it, it. Of course. And then not having it for two years and getting it again, I've just been like, what fresh hell is this? Like, what the fuck is I Why do we living do this with? all the time? This like, is outrageous is, yeah. and I won't stand for it. There was this incredible tweet the other day that was like, my 12-year-old has just locked herself in her room and has been crying for three straight hours. And it's because she found out that she's going to get her period every month, like once a month for the next 30 years of her life or 40 years of her life. And like, oh honestly, I really... God. I was like, yeah, she... Wh- you would. What? What? That, what? Yeah. What? What's... <laughs> What? You're going to bleed no, I, uh, every month for 40 years? It's, if insane. you're lucky, I guess. It's <laughs>
1: totally insane. It's totally insane. Yeah. I mean, it's just like very, it's, you know, I mean, there are so many questions and like conversations about hormonal birth control and people feel like all kinds of different ways about it. But the, I, the fact that this like, you can suppress it with this and that like period elimination is a conversation is super interesting. And the people behind the like three people who invented the, you know, modern birth control pill basically, like, acknowledge, as this article says, that you could, in fact, like, skip your cycle and Mm -hmm. just, you know, take this pill the whole way through. But that they chose to introduce that idea of that, like, hormone-free placebo week, you know, the week that, like, a lot of people skip and just, like, double up. Exactly. They thought that women would be, like, reassured by the Mm -hmm. arrival of it, which some people are. Like, and, you know, depending on what your sex life looks like, that Mm -hmm. can be, like, very comforting to be like, yep, I got my period. Phew. Part of the reason that they did it was... That one of the dudes behind this the pill was a devout seven days a week Catholic. And he hoped that by preserving the period, he would finally get the Catholic Church's approval because it was like arguing that it was like basically oh, was like so like normal. It was still normal, and it was st- still like natural birth control mm-hmm. practices, and blah blah blah, and like basically like trying to align it with the rhythm method yeah. by being like, "See, it's fine." And lol, like the Catholic Church obviously did not take that bait, and but we still have the sugar pill like intact. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: cool.
2: <sighs> Six cool, cool. years later. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. So, do you know when your period is supposed to come, even though you don't get it? <sighs>
1: Hmm. It depends. I, you know, I was being pretty good about tracking Mm -hmm. on clue when I was at the end of like my last IUD because Mm -hmm. I also, because I was getting migraines, migraines, menstrual migraines. And so I like really wanted to get a handle on that. But then like now I just fall off where I'm like, well, it
2: doesn't really matter. I mean,
1: well, do you, do you, have you ever had
2: besides the migraines? Do you ever, do you
1: get bad PMS? I get cramps sometimes. And that recently I had cramps and I was like, oh, this is probably when my period is. But it just like, it doesn't even like occur to me that I should be paying more attention to it. I mean, I'm sure I would benefit from knowing.
2: I think the big benefit for me is I do have such strong PMS symptoms. Like I get really tired and I get murderous and sometimes a little anxious too. And it's just so helpful to look and to be like, oh, this is why. (laughs) <laughs> and, yes uh, an explanation for it no I should
1: definitely do a better job but how that.
2: would do you, you th- at this point if you're just not getting it at all
1: I mean if I logged when I got cramps or like okay. whatever if yeah, I logged could these, sort of like get a small small handle on it. symptoms I yeah. could probably piece together you know what's happening because I do think it's like regular enough but yeah yeah it's definitely much harder when there isn't the physical like the, the overt sign that like yeah. yes this is happening do you use Clue or do you use one of the apps? I used like, to use apps?
2: Clue, but then Apple introduced a period tracker as part of their health suite. So I just started using that because it was like, well, it's, I don't know, one less app to worry about, I guess. I mean, I appreciate that there is a lot you in theory could do with these apps, but I'm ultimately really, I, I don't have the energy to log all the symptoms and the real specifics. All I want to know is when it started and when it ended. And so I don't need something fancy. And I like that Clue is also like taking the data and trying to do something interesting with it. And so I liked that about using
1: it. But... and Because they work with a lot of big research hospitals and mm-hmm. things to try to put together studies based yeah. on this data women are inputting.
2: Which, you know, because periods are one of those things, which again, like if men got them, can you imagine how differently they would look? And... Related, there's now... They just announced yesterday that the National Institute of Health is dedicating... $1.67 $1.67 million, which like honestly is just not that much money,
1: but... They're, one point... I'm sorry. $1. $1.67 million? I know. like, like, how is this even they a headline? They couldn't even do the $2 million? They could... Oh my God. This is like less than a it's, random startup raises as their seed round. It's
2: so depressing. It's truly okay. nothing. But so they're dedicating a million dollars and some change to researchers <sighs> at five institutions to study the potential links between coronavirus vaccinations and menstruation,
1: which is interesting. They did that for the headlines. Yeah, what no, They did that for one,
2: thousand percent. And basically a lot of women after getting the vaccine said, you know, I started getting a heavy period. I started getting my period more frequently. I think I like probably would count myself among that, but I feel like my period has been sort of all over the place since, you know, stopping breastfeeding and never fully got back to a normal place. I also have always had a really short cycle. Like even before I got pregnant, it was sometimes like 22 days. So hard for me to know, but I like, I believe that you know, there's enough women who have reported this that it is a real thing and I'm glad that they're studying it. It's one of these things where they're like, well, we weren't studying it during the trials, which on one hand, I'm like, right, because if not enough women were raising their hand and saying it or just didn't even think to make yeah. the connection, like,
1: how they? there were also they? just like so many things they weren't measuring during the trials. Exactly. Like, there's, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so
2: like yeah. I, on one hand, I wanted to be like, fuck you for not no like noticing this before and on the other, I and like sort of like right because you just wouldn't think it like and nothing was connected and I should say for the avoidance of doubt perfectly happy to get my period more often and heavier in exchange for the vaccine and like it does not make me feel any differently about how important it is to get the vaccine and I will continue to get the vaccine and everybody should
1: oh and there's also just like the component of you know getting older and not knowing how any of that stuff (laughs) comes into play. Like, geez, like what a bag of cats we're stepping into. I feel in
2: the prime of getting older right now. I feel like all the things are happening that they say happen when you get older. And so, yeah, I assume that a lot of that whatever's going on with me, I'm like, oh, it's just aging.
1: Totally. Totally. yeah, Totally. I think that's fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's changing.
2: Yeah. Well, this has been a very fun conversation on periods. I feel like we didn't even get into half the things there are to say about periods. We didn't go deep on PMS, which like so many women suffer from in such an extreme way. And it drives me crazy that it's not taken more seriously and that it's like the butt of jokes when it is like, you know, a lot of women are on antidepressants for it and there should be better solutions and better support. And once again, if men got them.
1: (laughs) One more thing I have to say that we did not get into Mm -hmm. um, that relates back to like our childhood and our youth was just the obsession with toxic shock syndrome. (gasps) Oh my god, the Jane article. I mean or just articles. Like,
2: well, because Jane me. Pratt got toxic shock syndrome, right? I th- I, I don't am pretty remember. sure it's she possible. had TSS. It's possible. Or maybe it was somebody one Else. of the editors, yeah.
1: but it was such a thing, such a thing.
2: Well, but Oh my God, we didn't even talk about NuvaRing. Well, I guess this isn't a birth control podcast. This is a period podcast,
1: but listen, it's related. It's related. (laughs) Anyway, I just, there's so much. People, please share it. Send us your your emails. Give us your voicemails. Tell us about the first time you got your period and stained your white pants. We need to know. We need to know. And did you write into the YM about it? Duh, that's (laughs) the show.
0: Claire and Erica, I have an idea for you. I just finished listening to the episode about produce going bad, and you reminded me of this trend that was going around on TikTok this summer, and I hate to even call it a trend. It's not. It was a conversation within the community of people who have an ADD or ADHD diagnosis. But listen, in your fridge, swap the places you keep your produce and your condiments. Here's the thinking here. If you want a condiment, you're going to go digging for it. You know where it is. So it doesn't need to be in plain sight. You don't need to be reminded of it. But your produce, on the other hand, is going to go bad. And sometimes if it's sitting in that crisper drawer for too long, it's easy to forget it's even there. Or it's easy to just put out of your mind and not see it, not be <laughs> guilted into using it. So I'm going to send you guys links to some of these videos where people talk about it and show it and... I know you love organization. There is something really pleasing about seeing the before and after pictures of what this all looks like when it's said and done. Okay, cool. Thanks for doing everything you do.
1: This has been a production of Dear Media and we are so, so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us to make this podcast happen, especially our outstanding producer, Brian Peoples. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. If you have ideas for the show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com. If you love our show, consider supporting it by signing up for secret menu at, you guessed it, a thing or two HQ.com.